Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. I remember being 16 years old and getting my driver's license. I was going to say I'd given my driver's license for the first time, but I haven't got them the second time yet. But I've got my driver's license. And the, the day that I got my driver's license, I felt this sense of like independence. Anybody ever feel like you, you got something pretty major in your life? You're like, man, I've, I've made it. And I lived in this huge town in Newfoundland of 500 people. Gigantic town. I remember huge, six kilometers long. For any Americans here, that's about three, three miles. And um, six kilometers long, I remember getting my license and feeling the sense of independence. Hey, mom, can I, go, can I have the car tonight? And she's like, sure, here you go. It's not like you can do anything. It's like literally I'd go pick up two friends and I'd drive up and sit by the post office. And my friends would get out and I'd go back down the street. Well, it's not really a street. It's just like this winding road around the coastline of Newfoundland for six kilometers. And, and then I would pick up two more friends and we'd go up to the corner store. And that, that's where we'd hang out for about 22 I don't know, 22 minutes is a big thing today, but 22 minutes. And then I'd go back and pick up my friend. And I'd just circle through the four friends that I had because that's all that was in the town. And I felt this sense, sense of independence um, that, that was so huge in my life. And I remember going away from my first year of university, 17, a year later. And I went away, but I didn't have a car. And as I went, as I went away, I didn't realize how big of a deal not having a car would be. And when I went away to university, I didn't want to live in dorms because dorms have this, this tendency or this facade that is a place that you would party and you're not there for school. And so I, I used that and I was like, well, I want to stay off campus. My parents were okay with me staying off campus. I had to walk two to three kilometers every day uphill in snow, even in the middle of the summer. No, I'm kidding, but that's, that's how it goes, right? When you're like, you go from like having a car to not having a car, now having to walk to school every day. And I remember coming home from university and my parents were like, how was your first year? Man, I need a car, mom. Dad, I can't go back to school without a car. Like, it's impossible. I have to walk to school every single day. I have, I, I, like, I have to, there was, like, the school that I went to was in a very small town, so even public transportation wasn't a normal thing. So I was like, mom, dad, I gotta have a car. I got my, I got my license, but I don't have a car. I can't bring friends. And my parents um, at the time had two vehicles and one they didn't use very much. And one of them was uh, a brand new Oldsmobile Bill Alero that tells you how old I am because you're like, an Alero, what the heck is that? Um, and anyway, we had a brand new Oldsmobile Alero and I thought in my head, at the time it was a really nice car. I was like, if I complain enough, if I make this a big enough deal, my parents will for sure give me the Oldsmobile Alero. So, Mom, Dad, I can't go back to school if I'm not driving. Like, I got to be able to hang out with friends. I got to be able to, like, I don't want to walk both ways every day. Like, come on. I don't know if you've ever seen the video I post online. Uh, I was laying in bed with my, my son, Hudson. He's two. And he wanted me to do something. He was like, come on, Dad. Come on. Anyway, that's just what it reminded me of. Um, and in a moment, you're going to hear the rest of the story and you're going to think that I should be too for how ungrateful I was. Um, and at the time, I started like sort of complaining, mom, dad, I got to have a car, got to have a car, got to have a car. So they tried to put this plan together. 
Now, any parents here that's ever been in a situation where your son or daughter not only just wants to have a car, but they just want to be insured, it's not cheap. Just insurance alone. But then because I, it was a new car, my parents were still making payments on it, so I couldn't just put liability on it. I had to put full insurance, which is even more expensive. And then being a guy that is under the age of 25, which makes it even more expensive. And then because the car had a spoiler, it made it even more expensive. And my parents came back to me about three weeks later. They had a plan. And they we sat down. So, Lauren, uh, we, we've heard you. We, we know that you want a car going back. And we've came up with a plan that we think works. Now, my brother owned a 1995 Mazda Protégé. It wasn't a very nice car. It was an ugly green. The struts were about to go. It smelled like tobacco. It wasn't a very nice car. But it worked. And we owned it. My parents sat me down and was like, hey, Lauren, we thought of a plan. Your brother's away at school, trade school. Why don't you take your brother's car back to university? We know it's not great, but you won't have to walk. And I'm like, no way. I am not driving that car. I am not being seen in it. It's going to break down. It is, it is ugly. There's no way. And my, my parents were like shocked because they thought they had this like really good plan that, that came up. And looking back at it now as a parent, um, my dad used to be like, come on, dad. <laughs> I was acting like a two-year-old. And they were like struck by my ungratefulness. They thought they came up with this great plan and, and they did. And I said, you know what? I'd rather walk than drive that car. Guess what happened? I walked. They're like, okay, sure. But if you think I'm bad, I want you to just take a moment and, and watch, watch this video. You may have seen it before. Um, and it is about a car, but it's going to come up on the screen here, I think. Jasmine's 16th birthday, got her little Lambo. She wanted an Aventador, but um, I figured get something older, like a Countach to start with. So let's go surprise her. There, she's eating something. Hey, Jazzy. Do, do you have a second? Okay, well, you know how you're um, in too much for your birthday? Um, it's because, like, the sh- we bought you something, but the, it was like the shipping company was late. So, if, if this, like, um, might kind of give it away. Come this way. Does mom know about this? Yeah, mom knows about it. Okay. You gotta go out backwards. Okay, open the door. Oh, it's cold. Can I little buddy? Okay. Turn around. What? What is that? Well, it's, it's your car. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, no. It's, you wanted a Lamborghini, so. Uh, 
a Ventador? What is that? Well, it's, it's, it's a, a Kuntosh. It's a Kuntosh. I'm grateful, They're, right? Kuntoshes are good, too. How old is it? How old is it? It's not even new, is it? What color is it? If you actually continue watching, it's like nine minutes long, and she goes on and on and on about, I want the white one. How old is that? Is that a dinosaur? It's tan interior. This is a girl that has a Lamborghini given to her for a 60. She doesn't even have a license yet. And many of us here, man, how ungrateful. Like, it's a Lambo. Have you ever met somebody that no matter what you did, no matter what you gave them, no matter how many compliments you gave them, it was just never good enough? Have you ever met somebody that's always like negative? Very rarely are they, are they positive. And you might look at a video like that or hear my story and think, man, Lauren, you don't know how good you got it. You don't know. She, you, she walked into her house and there's, there was really nice Christmas decorations, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. But she was eating food. She seemed to be a little bit cold and she was wrapped in a blanket. She had a house over her head. And in many cases, I don't know if you heard the conversation there, but she had two parents. She had lots to be grateful for. And we, and we, we gasp a little bit, but we look at a story like this, or even hearing my story, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's not too far-fetched. Because we probably know somebody like it, or we may even see a little bit of ourselves in it. How often do we focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have or focus on the negative in our lives other than the positive. Now I get it that this 16 year old, that's an extreme case. But if we start ripping the layers of our lives apart, there's, there's this battle that's always going on inside of us that's trying to, to say that you deserve better or what you have is not good enough and, and, and you, you don't like your car so you need to get a new car. I'm not saying it's wrong to get a new car, but sometimes we live in this, this state of ungratefulness that it actually shifts the focus of our lives. And today we want to uh, title a message called The Frame Game, i.e. the frame, the nice easel that's full of paint and uh, yeah. It's called the frame game. Many of us are searching for happiness. And, and it's happy people aren't grateful. The key to it is that grateful people are happy. And that we need to shift our focus of our lives into a, a, to a focus of gratitude no matter what's happening in our lives. And the more that we shift the focus, we can shift around the frame of our lives to, to determine what is in focus. And it says in Ecclesiastes 6 and 9, it says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Because if we're always dreaming, if we're always chasing the wind... If we're always dreaming about a different life, we'll never fully live the one that we have. And we will always be wishing and never fully living. Paul writes uh, to the church in Philippi in, in Philippians in the, in the Bible in chapter 4. Now he's writing, he's writing this book in, in Philippians. It's his second, like the, the latter third of the Bible. There's a book called Philippians. And Paul is writing this book from, a, from being imprisoned. 
after being persecuted, his life being threatened, after being shipwrecked. And this is what he writes to the Philippians in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 10. It says, how grateful I am and how I praise the Lord that you are helping me again. I know you have always been anxious to send what you could, but for a while you didn't have the chance. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret to contentment in every situation, whether it be a full stomach or hunger, plenty or want. For I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. And we read a passage like that, and we can put ourselves in context. Paul was imprisoned. Whether or not he was like bound and chained uh, to a prison wall, but he was, he was in prison or under house arrest, right? and he didn't have the freedom. He's been persecuted. He's been thrown into prison many times. He's been shipwrecked, and he's been, his life has been threatened because of his, his, his uh, audacity to push the gospel forward. And Paul teaches us a lesson here, a lesson that's very important for us to grasp today. And this is what he teaches us. He teaches us that in every circumstance, we have a choice. See, we cannot choose what happens in our lives, but we can choose how we respond to what happens in our lives. And how we respond is determined by what we focus on. I read this story and think, man, Paul was one of like the superheroes of the gospel. He is one of the superheroes of the gospel. He's responsible for one, for the, for the greatest, one of the greatest advancements of the gospel in history. And here he is, not being free, being wrongfully imprisoned, being hungry, not being treated fairly. And we might even think that he has a place, he has the right to say, pity me. And he probably does. He probably has this place that says, oh, well, man, pity me. Here I am in prison. But Paul doesn't do that. We find Paul praising God, praising the Lord. His focus was on, I can do this because Christ lives inside of me. I can do this because of God's power. And the way that he shifts his focus from what's happening, from the chains binding him or being shipwrecked or being wrongfully imprisoned, the way that he shifts his focus is through gratitude. Tennant says, how grateful I am. How grateful I am. I think we could all agree that life sometimes just doesn't make sense. Sometimes we might feel like we got served the crappy end of the stick. Or the unexpected hits us in the most inconvenient time. Or we get a report back. Or we get the divorce papers to come at home. Or our son and daughter is in a tragic accident. I think we, we, we can agree that life doesn't always seem to line up with all our plans. I want to explain a little bit differently. I have a picture frame. And this picture that's coming up on the screen behind us here 
sort of represents our life, okay? It's, a, it's a, the sun bursting through the clouds after a storm. And there's parts of our lives that just don't seem to make sense. It's still dark. And then over here, we start to see a little bit of light of day. And over here, we can see, see sort of like the hope at the end of the tunnel kind of thing going on. And this, this picture, this, this frame is not big enough to capture it all. I'm not saying that this stuff, the, 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 the stuff that we don't like in our lives doesn't exist. But we can't put this whole picture in this frame. And, we, and no matter where it goes, it's dark, it might be dark or it might be light. And, and we look at this picture and say, man, like the really, 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 really nice part is right over here. If I could frame a picture today and put it in here, I'd I take this part. I'd take that part. That's what I put on my wall. See, over here, this, this is the stuff. That wouldn't be very nice. But this picture frame represents our life. And we could place it anywhere on this picture. If we could place this picture frame anywhere on this picture and say, man, if I want to live somewhere, I want to live there. I think most of us would probably try to capture this. So many people are living here. We're living here. And we focus on everything that we don't have. Or we focus on all the things that could be better. I don't have a, a white Lamborghini with black interior. Or I can say, man, thank you for my, thank you for the protege. It's amazing. Man, I, I got a really, 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 really negative report my kidneys are failing from all the drinking I used to do but you know what God you're giving me another day and I'm going to live for you or man I spilled coffee on my on my lap today through the drive through light this day is going to suck Thank you that I can have a relationship with my barista. And I'll go buy it back and buy a second coffee that means I could shine the love of Jesus in her life. See, I'm not, I'm not denying that there's things in our lives that just doesn't make sense. But we are in control of where we place this frame in the landscape of our lives. And the way that we can move this frame from here to here is a little word called gratitude. Because if we wake up every single day from a place of gratitude, no matter what happens, as Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And his, he's in prison. Paul is bound in chains in prison. And he is saying, you know what? It doesn't matter because I can, I can focus on that if I wanted to, but I can do all things through, through Christ. And I'm grateful. And where do we see Paul living? Paul living in a place of gratefulness no matter what happens. 
We read another account of Paul singing in prison and chains start falling off and the prison doors are flew open because of gratefulness because of waking up every single day and saying God I am grateful I want us to do a little bit of an exercise this morning take out your phones maybe take a piece of paper that's on your seat with a with a pen and for the next next three three to four minutes we're going to practice what it what it is to live in gratitude. For the next three or four minutes, write down 10 things that you are grateful for. I started doing this this past week. My wife challenged me is that we're, at the end of every day, we're going to sit down and we're, we're going to write down 10 things we're grateful for. And just, just take the three to four minutes, go for it, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this exercise again. I don't know, maybe just bring up the house lights a little bit. Uh, uh, tech crew back there, thanks so much, so people can see well. Just take a, m- a moment. There's a connection card there or a, a notes card. Just write down 10 things or on your phone. titled our, our talk today, The Frame Game. So many times it, it seems like life is a game and all of a sudden somebody starts cheating or something doesn't make sense. That, that's not in the rules. Who made up those rules? And this is our piece. This is our playing, this is our playing piece, but we can place it anywhere. the way we can place it anywhere is through living in a place of gratitude. See, we are what we focus on. 
we focus on the negative in our lives, guess what? We're going to be negative. If we focus on what we don't have, we will never have enough. And I appreciate that we have weekends like Thanksgiving. It brings us sort of back to the roots of, man, man, I do have lots to be thankful for. But living in gratitude is not just a one weekend, once a year thing. Living in gratitude is a daily choice. I started doing this exercise and uh, I was driving down Grout Road. If anybody lives on the north side, if you come through Grout Road, it's the windy road and there's all this construction on the bridge that comes across and there's always a traffic jam. No matter what time of day, there's always a traffic jam there. And I was driving there this week and I was coming down and I was like, oh man, why did I take this way for? And I got off on the traffic and literally because I'm waking up in the morning saying, man, God, I'm thankful. I didn't start being upset at traffic, which I usually am. I started saying, God, thanks. Thanks for a city that's willing to get better. Thanks for a city that's willing to fix the, some of the potholes. Thanks for a city that, that's willing to change because if we don't change, we're never going anywhere. And then I was stopped at a train the very same day. Now, we all typically hate trains in Edmonton because they seem to be coming across the street at the most inconvenient time when we're on our way home. And I was on my way somewhere to a meeting. I got stopped by a train. And instead of like cursing down the train and saying, why can't that train not be here? I said, stop and said, thank you, God, for five minutes that I didn't expect to have. I slow myself down. Crazy thing is, asked to write down 10 things and for some of us it might have been hard to think 10 things I'm grateful for family nope because they got up and left me my car Mm. sure I gotta put something on the paper we talked about a Lambo today but I'd rather have one of those and all of a sudden, it's, it's harder for us to write, even write down 10 things some of us. But what happens is when you start living in a place of gratitude, your focus becomes on what is good in your life opposed to everything that is not good. I'm not saying that some of that stuff that happens in your life. Can I, say, can I just say something? That this is our lives, okay? And, and we, can move, we, can move that pitch, we can move that frame around anywhere, but there's some people in our lives, there's some things in our lives that even though we want to move from here to here in the picture, there are some things that have happened in your lives or some things that people have said in your lives that you've given a, given a place in your frame that doesn't deserve any time in your life. That doesn't deserve the, the time that you, you give it. And a way to get that out of your life is to start living in gratefulness. Gratitude. You are what you focus on. You can live from a place of contentment or discontentment. We can live from a place of enough or never enough. A place of negativity or a place of positivity. We have the choice. We might not be able to choose the experiences or the things that happen to us, but we do have a choice this Thanksgiving to say, I'm going to pick up the flag and I'm going to run with gratitude. And when I wake up in the morning and there's no eggs, I'm going to say, God, thank you for toast. 
And when I walk out the door and stub my toe, God, thank you, I have nine more. No. I'm not saying that stuff, like, you don't have to like, neglect the things that are, are serious in your life. If, you're, if your body is filled with cancer, you don't have to be like, well, God, I'm just grateful. We still have to pray for that, but that doesn't need to bind us. That doesn't need to captivate us. That doesn't need to keep us thinking in this place of, God, why is that me? We have another breath to breathe. And every breath we have belongs to him anyway. When we start focusing on the things that we're grateful for, you'll be really surprised on how easy the 10 things at the end of your day starts coming up. Oh man, I got the last bit of coffee creamer at Starbucks. And I, or I got the last bit of coffee creamer. Oh, it says, it says, you know, October 1st, but it's still good. Yeah, it's still good, right? We, and all of a sudden we start shifting our focus And we start living in this place of gratitude. God, thank you that light was green. And we start recognizing that there's things in our lives that we just usually go without, that God is always faithful, that he's always worthy of our praise, and that no matter what comes in the pipe, that God, I can still serve and I can still love you because I am grateful. So when it writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. I don't think that's just saying, oh, well, whatever happens, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be thankful. I think it's writing it from a place of that I want to live in gratitude. So when circumstances come that I don't like, I've already set myself up to live a grateful life. Maybe you're here this morning. And one of the greatest things that I'm grateful for is the gift of salvation. The peace that I have every night when I go to sleep. The understanding that there's more to life than just this moment in time. I'm so thankful for a God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. To die for all my failures, all my mess ups, all that the Bible talks about for, for my sins, for the things that just aren't great. And and I can try I can try to earn them back, but it just actually takes that gift that God has given us and we make it cheap. It's a free gift given. And I'm thankful for a gift that I can never pay for, no matter how much I try. And the more I try, it seems like the more I fail. But I'm thankful for God's grace and his constant pursuit of me. That same gift that I'm so thankful for is available for every one of us today. And many of us here have, have, have accepted that gift. But if you're here and you've been, I, I never heard about this kind of gift before. I've never heard about a God who would send his, his son to die for me so I can have eternal life. If that's you today, um, all, literally all the Bible says, confess and believe. And you're now a Christian. So in a moment, I'm just going to pray, close this off. If in your mind you just say, God, I, I need your help. I'm in need of a Savior. I believe in you. I believe that today we welcome you home. We welcome you into a family. And we're so thankful for it. So why don't you pray with me? God, this morning as we just look at Thanksgiving and it's Thanksgiving week and we look at gratitude and living in a life of gratefulness. God, I pray that we will practice it. God, today, if there's anyone here that 
don't know what it's like to be thankful for salvation, God, I just pray that they would just recognize today that they need you. That without you, life is meaningless. God, I just pray that we would recognize the gift that we have is not to be kept secret or private, but is a gift for the 300,000 people in our city that don't even know there's a choice to follow you. So God, today, let us live in a place of gratefulness in your name. Amen. So challenge us all today, starting tonight, write down 10 things you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be little small things. I was, we were standing in huddle this morning. I was like, I'm thankful for shoes. I don't want to walk around without shoes. I don't know if you do or not, but I don't want to. Right? Be thankful for a discovery group. If you're not in one, get in one and be thankful for it. Be grateful for it. Um, if you, we just believe that discovery groups are so important to the life of, of us as, as believers and, and connectivity and being a family. And, and we, we, say, we say and we believe it is that you have to be a Christian for yourself, but you cannot be a Christian by yourself. If you want more information about groups, I'd welcome you to see my wife, Shauna Lee, at the cafe table. Grab a coffee, talk to her. She'll help you sign up. Outside of that, discovery Man, I'm so thankful that people come to church every week. I'm so thankful that there's churches all over our city that are reaching people for Jesus. If this is your first time and you made it. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.